Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Green Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldsmith swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Green Bar, your distributor for electrical and datacom needs. Billiken win! Billiken win! Now from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. I just walked into the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio and hustled to turn on KSDK News Channel 5, where on NBC they are carrying the final round of the Open Championship. Feels like a foregone conclusion that Brian Harmon's going to win this thing. It was down to three. John Rahm had closed it within three shots of Harmon. Then he went back-to-back birdies. Just a tremendous performance by the Georgia native Brian Harmon, the lefty, the 36-year-old who gets the job done, at least so far. I mean, no one's ever had a five-shot lead uh, since 1999 in a major on Sunday and lost it. Jean Vandeveld, remember that back in 99? Uh, meanwhile, Rahm is trying to close in on Harmon, but through eight holes, he's seven under. Through seven holes, Harmon is 12 under. Rory McIlroy was knocking on the door there for a little while. He's five under through 13. Some other names involved. Tom Kim, he's six under through 11. Tommy Fleetwood, who is the crowd favorite. He grew up not an hour from Royal Liverpool. He is 10 uh, holes clear and six under for the championship. This is Brian Harmon's day pretty much in the American is trying to lock up his first major. It's a pretty cool story. We're also talking Cardinal baseball today. We are going to talk to you at 314-436-7900, today. Uh, we are expecting to hear from Ollie Marmel, the Cardinals manager, in seven minutes, live from Wrigley Field. Frustrating couple of days for him. John Mosellock will be traveling today during our show, so unfortunately we can't hear from him at 1130, but he has assured me that he will be on this show two days before the trade deadline, a week from today, July 30th. The deadline is 5 o'clock Central Time on Tuesday. Nothing has changed, even if the Cardinals had won the last two games. I don't think anything changes. I think we all know what we've seen from this ball club. Good team uh, that has been disappointing in the standings, for sure. And a lot of that has to do with pitching. This is an offense that can explode, did yesterday. Nolan Gorman blasted a 445-foot tape measure job against the Cubs, and Lars Newtbar hit one on the first pitch of the game. And, you know, you got players that can hit, man. I mean, they can. this team can hit. Uh, there may be a gripe that they don't hit with runners in scoring position all the time, but that's usually because 
they're battling because their starting pitching hasn't gotten them to where they need to be. And yesterday, we saw it yesterday. I mean, Miles Michaelis had the lead several times and gave it up and goes five innings. We all like Miles, I think, but he just hasn't been that effective. I mean, he's had some days where he's good, other days where he gets blown up early. Yesterday, he didn't get blown up early. He got blown up in the middle. And he went five innings, gave up five runs on 11 hits, and the Cardinals' bullpen wasn't able to hold it either. Miles would be the first to tell you that he didn't give the bullpen a good enough situation and that they had to cover those final four innings or three innings as the case may be or was yesterday. So the Cardinals are a frustrating team and we're going to, we'll talk about it. Manager Ollie Marmel scheduled to join us here at 10 15, but I will in John Moselock's stead, uh, take your phone calls next hour and maybe this hour as well. So if you want to get in there, 314-436-7900-800-925-1120, it's open. I mean, it's fine. I, you ask and say whatever you want. We can do trade proposals, your feelings on the team. Looking forward to August 1st, I am. I think that they are going to wheel and deal. I think you're going to, I know this is hard for some people here based on what they've seen, but they're going to have to put some faith in the front office that it's going to get the job done and get the this staff started towards 24. They'll have to finish the job in the offseason. You can't do it all in one day. But the pitching staff has to be better. And you got to figure out a way to do it and not trade Walker, Gorman, Goldschmidt, Arenado, Wynn, who am I missing? Newt Bar. I, I those would be my six that I would not move. I think anyone else is is fair game. And I listen to offers for everybody if I'm the Cardinals, but I'm not moving any of those six. Those are my six. And you can chime in if you want, and the phone lines will be open today. We'll get to you intermittently, but I think at 11.30 we'll have a little more time. We also have Dan Reardon standing by at 10.30 to talk about this Open Championship, and we'll discuss golf's fourth major and what's to come in the sport of golf. At 10.45, Christian Lawrence is a St. Louisan. He is on the U.S. rowing national team, the under-19 team. Uh, did you, you even know that there were rowing teams in St. Louis. I think people think St. Louis is like farmland where, you know, cattle walk around with us or something. Uh, We have bodies of water and we practice. And he is so good that he has been selected for the U.S. national under-19 rowing team. Pretty cool and neat story. St. Louis guy. Uh, We'll talk to him at 1045. 11.05. I'm going to move Indiana Vasilev up a little bit. He talked to Jen Cease of our Y98 broadcast team. He is the midfielder. He's so much fun. What a great personality. Really good player for St. Louis City SC. He'll be joining us at 11.06 when we come out of the news, and then we'll go right into Lutz Fan and Steel, who is set to join us, the sporting director. As City plays today, they take on Columbus on the road in the League's Cup. So we'll preview that. Also, he just made a move, signed a player that I know he's very excited about from Iceland, uh, and that's on the way coming up here at 11.15. Then 11.30, we'll take your phone calls, and we will absolutely do, as KMOX does every single time a Cardinals player goes into the Baseball Hall of Fame, we will pay proper tribute to Scott Rowland. We'll talk about him. We'll hear some of his highlights, uh, and we'll discuss the greatness that is Scott Rowland. He is one of the all-time greats. I was looking through the list of players that are Cardinals 
that are in the Hall of Fame that are St. Louis Cardinals. And actually, this list was quickly compiled. I mean, anybody could look this up, but it was nicely done on Twitter by Augie Nash, who I follow. I really like his uh, throwback stuff when it comes to the Cardinals and some of the artifacts that he tweets out pictures. Uh, But he listed the Cardinals players in the Hall of Fame with the Cardinals being their primary team because there are more than this. But these are players that are in the Hall of Fame. Listen to this list. Jim Bottomley, this is alphabetical order, Jim Bottomley, Lou Brock, Dizzy Dean, Frankie Frisch, Bob Gibson, Chick Hafey, Jesse Haynes, Rogers Hornsby, Joe Medwick, Johnny Mize, Stan Musial, Red Shandienst, Ted Simmons, Eno Slaughter, Ozzie Smith, Bruce Souter. And now, in a matter of hours, Scott Rowland. That's a heck of a list. Guess who else is going to be on there pretty soon? Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina. And who else after that? I don't know. As a primary Cardinal, we'll see. But for right now, that is a heck of a list, man. A heck of a list. Ollie Marmel is ready to go. He's going to join us in 60 seconds from Wrigley Field right after this. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. 10-16, I'm Tom Ackerman. This is Oliver Marmel. He's the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals and joins us for a little bit on KMOX, as he always does on Sundays before the ball game. How are you, Ollie? Yes, can you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you great. You hear me okay? You sound good. Yeah, no, doing well, man. I can hear you. All right, good. Uh, we'll just chat for a little bit. I know you're busy. Big game. I, I want to start with a positive, as you know I always like to do, put a smile on everybody's face. A great day for the Cardinals organization in that Scott Rowland is going into the Hall of Fame. Anytime you put a Cardinal into the Hall of Fame, it's a good day. I know there's a hefty Cardinals contingent in Cooperstown. This, uh, of course, will be felt throughout Cardinal Nation. We want to... You win a ball game, it's going to be uh, an even better day, but it's a nice day when you can put someone like Scott Rowland in, isn't it? No doubt. I, I wasn't around him a ton, but the time I've had been around him, he's uh, a good dude, and uh, he's popped into the clubhouse from time to time. So um, congratulations to the for sure, but uh, an awesome honor. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, you also started out this series on a great note. You took care of business against the Cubs, and Won a ball game on Thursday that was a lot of fun. Uh, you put some runs on the board, and you got some good pitching as well from Steven Matz. And then the last two days, the entertainment value of these games for the fans has been off the charts. I mean, this series is just something else. doesn't matter where the teams are in the standings. It's always good. Just unfortunately, you came up on the short end of the last two, Ollie. Yeah, it has been an entertaining series. Both teams are competing extremely well. That's, I mean, I feel like our offense has done a really nice job. If you look at some of the arms we've been facing lately, they've had a really good approach against these guys. Man, you go back to the series against uh, Miami with Zardo and Sandy and, and those guys, that was a really good series and a really good approach. And then uh, facing Stroman, I thought we did a really good job against him. Uh, Steele, really good arm uh, and a tough – I mean, he's been tough on everybody. But um, – yeah, our offense is doing a pretty nice job. Our pitching has looked a lot better yesterday. Unfortunately, um, Thompson and Verhagen and the group uh, couldn't hold the 
the score where it was to give us a chance, but overall, just better baseball for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, your team's playing with an edge. It's just uh, it's tough that it doesn't come out as the result that you want. And the pitching, we all like Miles. Who doesn't like Miles Michaelis? I mean, he's one of the best guys. But uh, yesterday, I, he would probably be the first to tell you he could have been better. I mean, five runs on eleven hits. They were they were hitting him. Now, some of those, Ollie, to, to be fair, were little squibbers or sticking the bat out, things like that. But it happened. Yeah, and when you look at Miles, the reality is there's going to be games that look very similar to yesterday where a lot of those are right at people, and he goes six or seven innings um, with seven hits and two runs. Um, it's just a matter of when you pitch the contact the way Miles does, his biggest thing is he mixes his pitches, he throws anything in any count, he gets a lot of soft contact, a lot of balls in play, and you're hoping that they're at people and that the defense does their job. But there's going to be days like yesterday where a lot of the balls and plays are, are they find a hole, they find grass, and you, you're you're pitching with a lot of traffic and it ends up uh, shortening your day. Lars Newtbar launched a home run on the first pitch of the game and Nolan Gorman launched one that only got stopped by the back row of the bleachers. That was just <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> what a blast that was. 445, Ollie. Yeah, he really got into that one. That was a really good swing left on left there. And uh, Newt starting it off first pitch of the game with Homer. That's always an exciting way to start a game. But, uh, no, Newt had a really good day offensively yesterday. He's feeling good about where he's at. Nolan's getting locked in. Um, so both of those guys did a really nice job yesterday. Good. Um, I know your lineup hasn't been released yet, so you, you handle this however you want. But how are we looking health-wise with the St. Louis Cardinals? Let me start with Nolan Arenado, who hinted maybe he'd be able to play today. Yeah, um, he's going to be able to go today. I was waiting to put the lineup out until I heard from a couple of our guys. And uh, Nolan Nolan feels good, so we'll see him in the lineup today, thankfully. Okay, good. And then Wilson Contreras, how's he doing? Yeah, he's a little sore this morning. He's feeling a little bit uh, in that hip that he came out of the game yesterday when he tried blocking, and then he felt it again when he uh, was running to second base. So uh, he'll get some treatment this morning. We'll see how he comes out of it. And Gorman, who did not start on Friday, and that's really because it's a lefty-lefty thing, right? And and then he did come in later in the game. I know there was a lot. You've already answered this question. There was some question as to why he didn't hit with the bases loaded and Burleson did. That there's there's factors all over the place. The number one factor, as I understand it, is Burleson hits for contact. You know, your first reaction is, wait a minute, Nolan Gorman, the guy. The guy hits the ball a ton, but if you look at it closer, I, th- I, I, that's what I understand is how that decision gets made. Yeah, you can go either way. Um, Burleson's going to put the ball in play there. Do you risk the, the, the possibility of it being on the ground and, and a double play? Absolutely. Um, Gorman is more likely to hit a fly ball, but he's also more likely to strike out. Um, I mean, if you look at Gorman over the last two weeks, the 40% strikeout rate. Is he hitting some homers? Absolutely. But in that situation, we went with contact, and unfortunately, it was on the ground. But um, both of those guys have been taking some really, really productive at-bats. Uh, unfortunately, that one didn't work out the way we wanted to. No, it didn't, and we all know you know, there were other factors there when it came to the umpiring. I'll say it. Now, I don't want to make your wallet lighter here, uh, but it, it, the last couple of days, I will ask you to comment on the emotion. I mean, you were very emotional yesterday. There's no doubt that Burley was. Uh, just to, uh, touch on that, if you would, about the the urgency also of the situation that you're in. Yeah, we're in an interesting position where we need to win every game, and these guys are getting after it, man. So, like, what 
when Burley goes up there and his approach is to not chase and make sure that he forces that pitcher in the zone and he does exactly that and doesn't get rewarded for it, that's a big deal. Um, so that, that is frustrating. It, I mean, it's his career. He's trying to help the team. There's a lot on the line. So it's extremely frustrating for Burleson. It's extremely frustrating for the team and myself. And then Nolan, same thing yesterday. I mean, you got a guy that's spraying it all over the place, and then he throws a pitch at the bottom of the zone that's clearly a ball, and uh, it gets called a strike. And it's just at some point um, it, it, something has to be said because these guys are battling. They're, they're, they're doing a really nice job of not giving in. Um, so when they do their job, they need to be the Cardinals will be going to Wrigley at 120 today on that field and with Jordan Montgomery pitching. Uh, same situation, Ollie, that you're that we talked about here a few days ago. You know the trade deadline's coming, but players are playing together, but also playing with I mean, are they do you feel like they were looser? Do you feel like the that any pressure was off or pressure more pressure was on? How do you read all that? No. Our pitching's doing their job. <laughs> it's super simple. Um, our offense, if you look at our offense, they've done a really nice job of stringing together quality at-bats. They, they're, they're playing really good baseball. Um, we have some guys back that allow the defense to look better than it has in the past. And our pitching's doing their job. With our, when our starting pitches give you six innings, then it's easy to go to the JoJo's and, and Hicks and Stratton's of the world and Geo. Um, but when you have to bridge to those guys, that's like yesterday, you get in trouble from time to time. So starting pitching is doing their job, and the offense doesn't feel like they have to score a ton of runs in order to win, and therefore they score a ton of runs and we win. Yeah, I mean, there's the formula right there. It's uh, well said. Ollie Marbles with just a couple of minutes, Ollie, as, as we finish up here. Yeah. Uh, you're going to go to Arizona after that and then back home against the Cubs. Um, just, you know, this Brendan Donovan thing has me a bit concerned. I mean, what can you tell us? John Mozeliak's not going to be able to join us today for travel reasons, so I'm I'm putting some of this on you. But Donovan, <laughs> <laughs> he has that flexor tendon. I don't I don't like that injury. I, what what do you what do you know about Donovan as he continues to fight through that? Yeah, and that's exactly what he's doing is fighting through it. Um, he's been dealing with it for for quite some time now. And he'll be no throw for a while. Um, he got the second opinion. It came back, and it's something where he, he's going to be no throw. He can DH. He can take that bat off the bench. And he's going to have to make a decision whether um, to go on the IL or to continue to do what he's doing. We're going to take the next uh, two days to figure that out together as a group and then uh, go from there. But is it ideal? Absolutely not. This is a guy that's really helped. So it would have been nice to be able to use him in the form that we've used him all year. And having T.O. back and playing in left field, what has that been like as you've put him in your lineup uh, here consistently? He's been good, and, and he's feeling healthy. He's feeling strong. Um, he's taking some really good at-bats. You can tell his timing, it, it, it's it's spot on. He, he feels like the rehab assignment gave him enough uh, at-bats to do what he's doing now, so he's taking his walks and he's playing a nice left field. The Cardinals with Jordan Montgomery going today. 120 is the first pitch. Pre-game at 1225. It's now 1025, and we're going to say thank you very much to Ollie Marmel for spending the last 10 minutes with us on Sports on a Sunday morning. We always appreciate it. 
No, I appreciate it, Tom. Thank you, man. Thank you. There's the manager of the Cardinals with us. We'll get him uh, back to work. Uh, you could hear he's he's dedicated. He's walking through traffic. He's getting into the ballpark. He, he's uh, I heard a couple of honks of horns. They've got a few hours until that game starts. He is de- getting down to work. He's in the office. He's ready to rock and roll. And we appreciate the dedication on the show here on KMOX. We have Dan Reardon standing by. He is monitoring the Open Championship. We are going to take your phone calls as well at 314-436-7900, that will be on the way on KMOX. We did have uh, somebody also comment on our Sports on a Sunday Morning live stream that our producer Drew Young has going on. Let me see if I can pull up some of those comments. The, the live stream that's going on, um, one person agreed that the uh, those six are untouchable. Um, the ones that I mentioned, Walker, Gorman, Arenado, Goldschmidt, Newt Barr, and who else did I say? Uh, Wynn, Mason Wynn. I'm, I'm not trading those six. If there's anybody else that's untouchable, I don't know who they are. I think those are the ones right there. Uh, this is, uh, I think, a very... Uh, interesting time to be a Cardinals fan. I know this has been a frustrating year. I will continue to say that the Yankees, the Mets, and the Padres are all in deep trouble and likely are not going to make the playoffs unless the Yankees go on a run here. The Mets aren't going to make it. The Padres are ridiculous if they think they're going to make it. And between those three, they spent millions, hundreds of millions of dollars approaching a billion dollars as a payroll between the three of them. And none of them are going to make it. So that's bad news for, I would say, the Players Association, who wants to show that you need to spend more to win more. And anybody who believes that you need to spend a fortune to win a game, that disproves that theory, at least for now. Uh, I, I think on the flip side, the Cardinals fall somewhere in the middle. They're a medium-sized market, but they're very wealthy, in terms of viewership and support and people who go through the turnstiles, and they do owe their fans that standard of excellence, I believe. I I mean, I I don't know any other way, and I think they feel that way. I think they want to deliver a winner. I think they're very serious about it, and I do sense a bit of a change in philosophy here going into this year. I think they will get aggressive to build this pitching staff, but know that it doesn't always work out to get Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, two Hall of Famers in your rotation. The Mets are terrible. You know, the Padres, everybody was just, oh, my gosh, Juan Soto, it's a superpower. It's the greatest team on earth that's ever happened. They're not going to make it either. And they're getting beat by the Diamondbacks for crying out loud. So it the Yankees. The mighty New York Yankees, who haven't even been to the World Series since 2009, are getting beaten by the Orioles. And they just actually fell on their face again. I mean, the Yankees are playing the Royals right now. But before that, they, they, were, getting to, they were getting beat right and left. I mean, they're in last place in the AL East. Can you imagine that? The Yankees and the Red Sox, they just got, the Yankees just got smacked around by the Angels. And by the way, the Angels probably won't trade Shohei Otani. So you can kind of just wait until this phenomenal feeding frenzy offseason that's going to be incredible for Otani. 
they should not. I mean, they, their franchise would completely collapse. They've got they're making money hand over fist with Otani in the lineup. And they, by the way, they've got a shot at the wild card. I, if I were them, I would not trade Otani. I would. I but I know he's going to go away, and you have to think he's going to sign somewhere else. But I, I think that Artie Moreno, the owner, may wake up today and decide another decide to do it. And he may the next day decide not to do it. I, I never know what's going to come from him. I just think that it's, it's a bad look to their fan base at this point and with all this momentum. And by the way, he could be chasing down Aaron judge's record if they were to let him go. But if it, if it does turn out to be that, he, that they trade him at the deadline <laughs> line up, and the prospects that would go the Angels' way would be absolutely spectacular. I think a lot of fans over there wouldn't care, actually. I think Otani's worth more than all of them. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll go to Dan Reardon next. This is KMOX. Welcome back to the Gray Bar Sports on a Sunday morning. Goldschmidt swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Gray Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Formula One champion Max Verstappen has the Hungarian Grand Prix in his grasp. He has won his seventh straight race of a dominant season. Seven-time F1 champion Lewis Hamilton started from the pole position ahead of Verstappen, who muscled him out of the first corner and never looked back. So Red Bull has won 12 straight. I'm starting to keep an eye on F1 a little bit more. Really am. I'm, I'm into racing, as you know. IndyCar is coming to St. Louis at the end of August at Worldwide Technology Raceway, the Bomberito Automotive Group 500. Wouldn't it be fun at some point to have an F1 race here? I'm not sure that that, that necessarily could happen, but anything can happen. You got NASCAR Cup, you got IndyCar. Now I just put some more pressure on all the people over there. Two o'clock start on Sunday, August 27th. We're joined now by Dan Reardon, our KMOX Senior Golf Editor. This has not been too close of a race, the Open Championship. How are you, Dan? I'm doing fine, Tom, and you're right. This uh, started out with a five-shot lead, and uh, we are now on the final nine, and then we're still looking at a five-shot lead. Uh, it's Brian Harmon with that five-shot lead, 12-under for the championship as he plays the back nine. He is through 10. Sepp Straka has taken over second overall at 7-under. It was tight there for a little bit. It was a three-shot lead, then back to five. What a string there for Harmon, back-to-back birdies to get himself back to 12-under. Yeah, he sort of replicated the start of yesterday's round where he picked up two bogeys in his first four holes and it looked like maybe things were getting to him a little bit. And then he strikes for a couple of birdies and plays the rest of the round extremely well. He did the same thing today. Um, Had an unplayable lie out of a a gorse bush to pick up his second bogey, but then he came back with a couple of birdies right away to get 12 under. And there's just nobody who who can mount a challenge. The weather is part of that. And he's just, He's just too locked in on these greens. He's got, you know, one of the things people pay pay attention to about a putter is they look at how how straight or how much he gets the line of the putts right. What Harmon has done extremely well this week is he's gotten the speed of the putts down early on. And, and I'll draw a contrast with Rory McIlroy. When Rory gets the speed of the greens, he can make a lot of putts. But Harmon really has that down lock in place. By the way, Tom, there is a sort of a St. Louis connection to a Brian Harmon win in the Open Championship. His caddy is Scott Tway, the younger brother of Bob Tway, who won the PGA Championship in 86. And when both Scott and Bob Tway were in middle school, 
the Tway family moved from Oklahoma City to St. Louis, and they lived in St. Louis for a short period of time. And both Bob and Scott Tway played their golf at what was called Fox Creek Country Club at that time, what is now Baldwin Recreational. So we have the caddy of a major champion with a St. Louis tie. How about that? I didn't realize that. Brian Harmon is the player. He grew up in Savannah, Georgia. He lives in Sea Island. Wife and three kids. He's won a couple of PGA Tour titles, and he's been knocking on the door in the past. In fact, in 2017, the U.S. Open at Aaron Hills, he was the 54-hole leader. He had a one-shot lead. The reason that a lot of people don't remember that is that Brooks Kepp just obliterated everybody. He just came out of the gate strong that day. I remember that. He had went birdie-birdie, didn't he, to start that day, and then took off and won the championship prior to coming to St. Louis in 2018. And actually pretty much of the field did that on that final day mm-hmm. at Aaron Hills. And Brian Harmon, even though he's 12 under on a very difficult golf course, he's not the kind of player that's going to put up a boatload of birdies every day out. He has moderate length or a little bit above average length, and he gets his strokes by not, uh, by not making mistakes and by erasing those mistakes whenever he can. Interesting contrast between the U.S. Open winner and the Open Championship winner. You know, we had uh, uh, in Wyndham Clark, we had a guy who overpowered the, the golf course from the tee and then saved a lot around the greens. In the case of, of uh, Brian Harmon, we got a guy who doesn't overpower any place on the golf course, but plays a lot of accuracy and then scores when the opportunity presents itself. Rory McElroy, the most recognizable name there in that top five is Tommy Fleetwood's also in there. He's the fan favorite there because he grew up about an hour away from Royal Liverpool. Uh, but McElroy hasn't won a major since 2014. I feel like that's starting to be how we introduce him now. Uh, it's hanging on him a little bit. He was in there for a while today. I thought he was going to make a little run. He's three under for the day, but still six under, Dan. And he hits fairways, and he hits greens, and he does everything, all the big stuff, extremely well. He did it at the U.S. Open, and then every once in a while, he puts it all together, as he did uh, last week at the Scottish Open. And you're right, Tom. When, when Rory tees it up next year at the Masters, he'll far, be facing a double whammy. He'll be trying to win the first Masters of his career, which would give him a career slam. He will also try to be trying to end a decade, a decade without a major championship. That's sort of hard to imagine. Yeah, he's always in there, though, seemingly. You know, it's not like he's out there shooting an 80. I mean, he's always right in there, but just coming up a little bit short. Absolutely. And, and like I said, for Rory, it's it's pretty simple. If he if he can score on the greens, he can, he can compete with the best. But, you know, he lost two U.S. Opens back-to-back, or two Opens, the, the Open Championship last year at St. Andrews and this year at L.A., with probably the best tee to green performance of anybody in the field and yet couldn't get the job done. Dan, do you think that this PGA Tour live uh, combination is good for the game? You and I really haven't talked about it a ton, but where do you see the next steps here moving forward? Well, a resolution is going to be good for the game. Uh, The fact that they're no longer suing each other, and we've learned Uh, Now, as we've gotten deeper into the weeds on what this agreement is about, is the PGA Tour was hurting financially. They were going going to be driven into a deep financial hole, one, upping the purses to compete with LIV, and two, lawsuits. And so what they have done is they've stopped the bleeding. Now the question becomes, how do they go forward from that? 
the players are still suggesting from LIV that LIV will be around next year, that there will be a tournament. I find that hard to accept because the Saudis are now business partners, partners with the PGA Tour. And how would you, as a business partner, run events opposite your own product? In other words, if you have a PGA Tour event going on, at the same week you have a LIV event going on, it makes no sense to me. Now, if you move LIV to the fall and you, let's say you play October through December on LIV, I could see something like that taking place. But then the big question, really the biggest question of all time, is what do you do with these players who left? It's not, you're not going to be able to pay off all the players that remain loyal. But what do you do to the players that left? You can let them come back in, but you can't let them come back in without some kind of consequences. And I think that's the biggest hurdle they face going forward. Are you looking forward to the Ascension Charity Classic on the way in September? What do you foresee there? Well, first of all, I foresee the fact that our reigning champion, Patrick Harrington, has been playing on the regular tour now for a few weeks uh, in a row and playing very competitively. And he was in this championship as well. So I look at that. I look at Bernhard Langer, who is now the greatest winner in the history of senior golf, having surpassed Hale Irwin. I look forward to that. I look forward to Steve Stricker, who has buried the competition this year on, on the senior tour, almost double the next player in terms of earnings. I look forward to that. So th- that tour is in really good position to present a quality product, and they'll be here in a couple of months, and I look forward to all of that. They will. September 5th through the 10th, Norwood Hills Country Club, the Ascension Charity Classic, always a good event. Dan Reardon will be there. We are absolutely appreciative of your contributions on sports on a Sunday morning. And you know how much I love the open championship because it's played during the show, right down the stretch. Although we don't have the tight finish, it appears Brian Harmon winning a major while we're on the air is a lot of fun. Absolutely. Tom, it's always an enjoying uh, opportunity to talk to you even more so when you can watch things play out at the end. That's right. Uh, that's my former uh, KMOX golf show host. We used to do that uh, from 4 to 6. We would be sitting there talking while majors were happening. Dan, thank you very much. Enjoyed it, Tom. Good to talk to him again. 1044, it's sports on a Sunday morning, sponsored by Gray Bar. Brian Harmon, 12 under for the championship. He is through 11 holes. He's closing in on his first major, the Open Championship at Royal Liverpool. When we come back, a St. Louisan is on the United States national rowing team. He is on the under-19 team, and he is here in St. Louis, ready to embark on this unbelievable journey. We will talk to him about that next. Also, we have soccer on the table. We have City playing tonight, 630 on Y98 FM against Columbus in the League's Cup. Lutz Fan and Steel is standing by. He joins us at 1115, but we'll come out of the news with a ball of fire in the form of Indiana Vasilev, the City midfielder. He's a lot of fun, and that team has captured this city's imagination. It's all next, sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. And don't forget, the back half of the 11 o'clock hour, we will be taking your phone calls on the Cardinals. Stay tuned for that, or should I say buckle up for that. Back after this. Billikens win! Billikens win! Once again, from the Stiefel Financial Sports Studio, Tom Ackerman. Welcome back to the show. We have a lot to do, including taking your phone calls on the Cardinals. We'll hear a couple of tributes to Scott Rowland, and we will have a discussion with Indiana Vasilev and Lutz Fan and Steel 
of St. Louis City SC. That's all between now and noon, and then Nate Gatter will take over, and he will have your pregame. 1225 network pregame, 121st pitch, the Cardinals at Wrigley Field taking on the Chicago Cubs. Right now, I want to bring to the conversation Christian Lawrence. He has been selected to the 2023 United States National Rowing Team under 19 at the World Rowing Championships. Why are we having him on? Not only because that's a great honor, but he is a St. Louisan. And Christian, it's great to have you on St. Louis's station, KMOX. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks Do- for having me. Doing great. What has this ride been like for you? To now, worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Be part of this unbelievable team. Yeah, it's been a great ride. I mean, all the training I've done, it's it's finally paid off. And now I've uh, made my dream of making the national team. This is really amazing. The under-19 Worlds, uh, tell us about that, where it will be, and what you're looking forward to. Yeah, so uh, it will be in Paris uh, at the brand-new uh, Olympic course created for the 2024 Olympics. And, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to 
racing the other countries and having a good time uh, with the other guys in my boat. Isn't that amazing? They created it for the 2024 Paris Olympics. So this is coming up real soon, the rowing regatta, which is kind of like a test run for that facility, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it's for the officials to kind of uh, test out the facility for the uh, the senior team uh, Olympics to, uh, yeah, just... Um, you're competing for the United States. Who who are the big rivals? Or who are the biggest contenders when it comes to competing with the United States? Uh, yeah, so Germany is always a big contender. Uh, same with Great Britain. They're always some of the, the big guys to uh, look at coming into the uh, into worlds. Christian, how did you get into this sport? When did you begin rowing? Yeah, so uh, I began... Um, Back in 20, 2019, uh, that was my first year. Uh, I've always been kind of uh, familiar with the sport because uh, both my parents did it, and um, my aunt's still very involved in it. That is really something. And at what age did you start then? So that was what four years uh, ago. Yeah. What age did you start? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was fourteen. Was it hard at first, and how did you get yourself into the condition that you are now to be able to compete at an international level? Yeah, so uh, before I rode, I, I was a swimmer, and um, that got me in uh, really great shape coming into, coming into the sport. So I was, right when I started, I was kind of put ahead, uh, and uh, yeah, notice I just had a natural talent for it. Can you describe the boat, what that looks like, the all of you lined up, and where you are? Yeah, so uh, I'm in the eight with Coxwain. Uh, so we have uh, nine guys in the boat. Uh, I am uh, I am two seat, so I sit closest to bow, which is uh, the front of the boat. Which teams have you competed with uh, to this point uh, to get here? Uh, yeah, so uh, I row at St. Louis Rowing Club, and um, which is I a Creve Coeur Lake, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Uh, yeah, we've competed against uh, teams from all across the country. So, like teams from New York, uh, Chicago, Cincinnati, Sarasota, Florida. So, yeah, teams all around. St. Louis, with uh, a rowing community that people are starting to pay attention to. How did you? get to this point where you made the national team how does that process work yeah so it um all started with a form so i submitted a form with all my uh my 2k test times and then uh we had to go to an id camp and the one i went to was in oklahoma city so it it has a U nineteen coaches come uh, look at you and uh, see see your skill level, and then um, based on all that information, they send you an invite to come to San Diego, California, to the Elite Athlete Training Center here to train for uh, to compete against other kids who were invited to the camp, and. Uh, and you race the other guys here and uh, for two weeks. 
and then um, if you uh, do really well, they'll they'll invite you onto the national team and take you to Worlds. And you have done just that. Congratulations on that. Coming out of St. Louis, and you have made the national team. Final thing for you, anybody you'd like to recognize here in St. Louis who've gotten you to this point? Yeah, I mean, all my teammates, uh, my coach, Tim Frank, uh, yeah, they all prepped me, competed with me. Yeah, just prepared me to be the, the rower I am today and, and make the team. Well, make St. Louis look good. No pressure on you. Just, you know, just uh, I know you'll rep St. Louis well and uh, let them know that we're coming. When it comes to rowing, we're going to start taking over that sport too. We appreciate yeah. you. <laughs> Christian, great you. job. What a cool thank you. Thank you. What a cool story that is. Christian Lawrence is coming out of St. Louis and he's going to compete against the best in the world at the U.S. Uh, rowing team in the world championships. We'll come back and have much more of sports on a Sunday morning after the news. We're going to hear from Indiana Vasilev and Lutz Fan and Steel. We're going to hear from you at 314-436-7900, 800-925-1120 as we talk Cardinal baseball leading up to pregame today. Cards and Cubs at Wrigley Field. More after this. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 